Welcome to Spirit Call. I'm your host, Jenny Duranis, psychic, medium, and spiritual guide. In these episodes, I will share my experiences as a professional psychic medium, offer readings, and do my best to answer all of your questions about the afterlife and spirituality. You'll also find channeled messages and insight, spiritual guidance, and more. Whether you're looking for inspiration, validation, or perhaps a little entertainment, I got you covered. Let's do this. Hey everyone, how are you doing? Thank you all for the positive feedback and encouragement for starting this new podcast. I have to say I have the best followers and clients and friends in the world. I give thanks every day for the amazingly beautiful and kind people that I have had the privilege of meeting on this crazy journey of mine. If our paths are just crossing for the first time, let me introduce myself. I'm Jenny, and I talk to dead people for a living. I've been a full-time professional psychic medium for nearly five years now. For the last two, I have been meeting clients at my healing space, Hawk Moon Healing Arts, just a few minutes north of Kingston, Ontario, Canada. People often ask me how I got started as a medium and where it all began. I usually reply that I've always been sensitive and psychic, but it wasn't until my grandfather passed away that I learned I could connect and communicate with the spirit world. Was it out of the blue? Yes and no. (laughs) Let me explain. They say that one sure way to know if you're a medium, or at least psychic, is if you have always had a strong fascination with all things paranormal. I have memories of watching Unsolved Mysteries as a kid and really loving the episodes about aliens and strange occurrences. I can remember watching shows about angel sightings and near-death experiences and truly feeling a deep knowing that there is something beyond this physical world we view as reality. I absolutely loved when Sylvia Brown would appear on Montel Williams after school. Best day ever. Once I realized I could connect with spirit, I immediately asked myself, was this a thing all along? I can see now that many experiences in my life led me to that one day where it all clicked, but I'll get to that in a bit. As far back as I can remember, I've been able to read people, what they really mean, the unspoken words in the conversation, how they really feel. My mother's first language is French, and every summer we spent a few weeks in New Brunswick with her side of the family. As a kid, I would sit and listen to my aunts and uncles, grandparents and cousins all speak to each other not understanding the language, but sensing the energy of the conversation. I believe this is when I began to pick up and tune in to other streams of information. That somehow their voices all seemed to meld into one another, and I would go to another place, where words don't matter, an energetic space full of detail, and somehow I knew exactly what they were talking about, and more. As I got a little older, I was definitely the weird one. Still am, so nothing's changed. Around the age of 10, 
I had an experience I will never forget. My class went for a week-long trip to Sunship Earth. We learned about nature and animals, had bonfires and sang songs. It was magical. On the last day, I can remember it so clearly. I had just finished breakfast and was running back to my cabin to pack up. As I ran up the steep hill, I suddenly felt strange. I began to lose the feeling of my legs, then my feet hitting the pavement. I felt a pulling sensation on the top of my head, and it was as if my soul was being pulled from my body. As my body somehow continued to run, I was looking down upon myself from about 20 feet above, with an awareness of myself I had never had until that point. I could see everyone else as well, the land, the road, the lake. At that moment, a part of me split into two, the earth Jenny and the above Jenny, whatever that meant. When I got to the top of the hill, it all stopped. I never told a soul, but I left Sunship Earth a changed little girl. Not only was I more connected with the earth and nature, I was more connected to something bigger. I had a hard time adjusting to normal life after that and spent much more time outdoors to cope. I always felt like someone was following me after that. The Ouija board phase. If you can't find one because you live in a small town in Ontario, then make one. (laughs) That piece of cardboard was well used. My friend and I brought it to the drive-in and between movies asked the spirits to turn off the lights across the top of the screen. My parents as my witness, it happened. Then one day my mom came home with a box from a yard sale. How did she know I would love this? Maybe it was obvious. A real Ouija board. Remember the movie The Craft? Practical Magic? I loved them. But my favorite was The Secret Garden. I loved how Mary's dead aunt comes to her uncle in a dream and tells him to return on the same night the kids chant and burn stuff hoping their magic will bring him back. Oh, Alagoya. (laughs) I think it's normal for children to have these experiences when they're little and to shut them off or try to ignore them when they get to their teenage years. I truly believe we were all born psychics and mediums, but we don't hold on to it forever. Some for fear and others simply because it's not what they came here to do. For the most part, I held on, but of course, social life and school was enough to deal with. My sensitivities made it really hard to fit in. In fact, fitting in was the last thing I wanted to do. I couldn't stand the whole dress a certain way, act a certain way, date certain people thing. I wanted real conversation with people who thought about more than what they saw in the mirror. I was angry. I did a lot of drugs, barely made it through high school and just couldn't wait to be free, whatever that meant. When it came time to choose a placement for co-op at school, I chose the pharmacy downtown, 
They accepted me and I really enjoyed it. They began to trust me and even though they didn't like my ripped jeans and piercings, they gave me a weekend job, which led me to a full-time job right out of high school, the next town over. My skills of reading people amped up. I could tell what was wrong with someone the second they walked in the door. I could tell who was calling on the phone and why. I could tell a forged prescription before I even looked at it by the way it was passed to me. Energy. My dog Rambo died. He was old, deaf and blind, and it was really his time. But I felt guilty because my parents had him put down. After about a week, he came to me in a dream. He was young and happy and could see again, and I woke up knowing without a doubt that it was him, and the guilt was gone. I met my now husband Rick and immediately knew he was my person. Interestingly, his mum is a Reiki master. I had heard about Reiki as a child. My friend and I would put our hands on each other to heal a stomach ache or headache, but I had never met anyone who actually knew what that was. She had a student cancel on her one day and asked me to fill in. I did it as a favor and left knowing it was not an accident. Working in the pharmacy had me feeling let down. I wanted to help people, but I wasn't seeing anyone get better. I knew I needed an alternative healing modality, and Reiki was an exciting fit. Another way to read people. Energy work. Within three years, I was a Reiki master. By this time, we had moved to Kingston. I started a tiny little healing business called the Universal Spirit while banging my head against the wall as a pharmacy tech. I think this is when the searching feeling started to creep in. I was 21, 22, and had no clue what I wanted, but I knew it wasn't this. I just wanted to see people heal. I finally left pharmacy and landed a job at Terra Natural Foods, the best job I ever had. For the first time, I felt like I was part of a community. I loved it. And there were so many parents coming in with their kids. And one day I said to Rick, why don't we just have a kid? And he said, sure. And I was pregnant two weeks later. (laughs) What the fuck? Like many women, this is when the psychic abilities came on full force. Oh my God, it was like having this little body inside of me was a direct channel to the whole freaking universe. The dreams, the colors, the information streaming from all beings. It was tough and I didn't have words to describe it. I had a midwife and I remember saying, you're not my midwife, Jane is. We couldn't figure out why until she broke her leg and was replaced by Jane, my midwife. (laughs) Shit like that. Of course, being a mom was time-consuming and exhausting. Hayden, also super sensitive, was not an easy baby. He couldn't handle any noise or overstimulation, which neither could I, really. Again, I didn't fit in to baby groups or mom circles. Why am I so sensitive? After two years, Maria came along, just as predicted by yours truly, And Rick was beginning to get used to this version of me. Sensitive, psychic, weird as fuck. I was also getting used to being psychic, but I also had a hard time accepting it. 
There were so many days I wanted to just be a normal person. All of the self-help books in the world couldn't even address just being extra sensitive to shit. I was lonely and depressed and still super busy as a mom. Then my grandfather died. It wasn't the same as losing my other grandparents. The morning I got the phone call, I was sitting in the spare bedroom, looking at photos of him feeling insanely guilty for not visiting him enough. The relationship was strained, and over the years leading up to his passing, we grew apart. On top of that, he had a girlfriend who was the same age as my dad, and so it was awkward trying to help him when she was quite capable. We didn't want to intrude in her life and relationship with Grandpa. Now this is going to sound strange. I always had a deep knowing that I would one day be closer to him than I ever could be while he was here in the physical. And then I would beat myself up for saying that. That's the way messages come in, as a knowing. And then we judge them, right? He was gone. It was official. I couldn't go see him. Guilt. I'm a bad person. How could I do this? He was not innocent either. The last time I tried to visit him, I found an empty house with blood all over the phone. I believe he had an anxiety attack at the thought of me seeing him sick and called an ambulance. When I tracked him down, he yelled at me and hung up. More guilt. For two years, I carried what felt like a boulder in my stomach, all balled up and stuffed right down there. I was taking a course called Foundations in Anthroposophy at the time, which basically means spiritual science of the human being, and it was intense and perfectly timed for what I was going through. Maybe I will share more about anthroposophy in another episode someday. But I read about death, life between lives, karma, reincarnation, life cycles, really cool stuff. And it had me searching again for my purpose. I felt like something was creeping in on me, but I could never put my finger on it. I would search the internet for a college program I wanted to take. And I remember asking myself if I had all the money in the world and all the freedom and time to take a course and make a career, what would it be? Crickets. Nothing came. I wanted to talk with people. I wanted to help people. I wanted to see people heal. That's all I knew. I made a decision to make Reiki a part of my daily life again. A friend was suffering from a concussion, and for over a year she had been hiding in her room in the dark. I offered her a Reiki treatment and went to see her for it, and it was so great to be at it again. But our schedules didn't always match up, so I couldn't go see her in person much. Then one day it dawned on me, I can do distant Reiki, how could I forget that? I asked her for permission to just send Reiki whenever I felt I could in exchange for her feedback each time. I would text her husband and he would reply for her because she just could not even look at a screen at all. As I sent Reiki, all kinds of information became available to me. My psychic abilities were increasing again and it was kind of fun. Okay, so I know you're wondering when I'm going to get to the mediumship part. Thanks for being patient. I just can't exclude any of this 
After five years, it feels like it's the first time I'm telling the whole story. So I bumped into my sister-in-law and she said, hey, guess what? My mom went to see a medium and now I'm going too. It was like time stood still. I knew with my whole being that I needed to go too. I called the medium that day and had a reading booked for the next week. Now, if you knew me, I wasn't the type to jump on things so quickly, and I especially wasn't one to drive an hour away when my kids were little at school. But I was going, and I did. During my reading, I realized that I simply didn't know how mediumship worked. Something clicked for me that day. It was as if I could feel and see and hear everything the medium was telling me, and I thought, is that it? It's that subtle, really? It's not like the movies. My grandmother came through and told us that I was also a medium, and my grandfather offered comfort and assurance that he made it to the other side okay. He was not resentful towards me now, and that ball in my stomach vanished. I left the reading a little confused, strangely excited, and very relieved. My grandparents gave me specific instructions that day to complete the healing of the guilt and grief I was holding. I was to contact my grandfather's girlfriend and reconnect with her after two years and just tell her how I felt. I avoided the whole thing. (laughs) After a month, I listened to the recording of my reading. And as I did, a purple mist began to form in front of me. And behind this mist, my grandfather appeared. He was about 20 years younger, just how I remember him as a kid. He spoke into my mind and told me to complete the task. Shocked, I called her. We talked on the phone for about an hour, and when I hung up, I said to the universe and Grandpa, okay, I did it. Now, if I'm supposed to follow this path of mediumship and spiritual healing and learn all about this, give me a sign. Within literally 30 seconds, I got a text from the friend with the concussion. She said she was having a really rough day and asked if I could send some Reiki. My whole body reacted to this with complete 100% knowing I was finally on the right path. Well, I always was, but you know what I mean. I closed my eyes and started the session. My third eye exploded with colors, and I saw petals, thousands of petals of a lotus flower. They just kept unfolding and rolling in my mind's eye. I sent Reiki for about 30 minutes, and then had to get a notepad because I was getting so much information I could not keep up. I was aware that she was not at home this time. I even drew a map of the house and property she was at, which of course she confirmed. I was amazed. How could I know this? It all started to make sense and I felt kind of dumb. Suddenly all the experiences that made me different and even weird were because I obviously had something more going on. I was being led to this very point in time. 
The searching feeling was gone. Could I really be a medium? I know I'm sensitive and can do Reiki, but mediumship? Is that true for me? Well, if they can do it, so can I. I researched like crazy and thought I was crazy. For a month straight, hours into the night, I read books, watched videos on YouTube. But the only missing piece was that I hadn't actually done a reading yet. I knew I would be guided to the right time and place, but I was impatient and excited. I wanted to confirm this with urgency. About a month later, I met up with a friend at the beach. She asked what I had been up to, and I blurted out, Well, I'm psychic, so I've been busy learning more about my abilities. (laughs) What? (laughs) Why did I say that? She said she was intrigued, and my mouth opened again. Oh no. Would you like a reading right now? I connect with loved ones who have crossed over. Oh my God, why did I say that? The moment of truth. I felt a female presence with us immediately, followed by flashes and images in my mind's eye. Sunflowers, a birdhouse, then an anatomical drawing of a uterus that flashed with black and the knowing that it meant cancer affected this area of her body. My friend burst into tears. She had just sent her grandfather sunflowers the previous day for his birthday. Last year, she sent him a birdhouse. Her grandmother, his wife, had cancer affecting her uterus, which caused her passing. She told me right away how comforting it was to know her grandmother was with her, and I was hooked. From there, my mediumship abilities came on full force. I felt like I was being pushed by an unexplainable, all-knowing energy, and I knew I had to move forward with this guidance I was receiving. I gave everyone that was open to it a reading, and my first official paid reading was for a group of five people, that went incredibly well. After searching for what felt like forever, I found my passion. Many people will say you shouldn't hang up your shingle for being a professional psychic medium until you've had years of practice. For me, my whole life was practice. The moment I realized I was a medium, I was ready. And I believe that when you commit to working with spirit for the right reasons, you will be guided, inspired, and supported which I have been. I think my grandfather helped me to heal my own shit, to be a clear channel for spirit. And I understand now why I believed we would be closer after he passed. I know now that he sees me and my intentions, why I made the choices I made and who I really am. I've done literally thousands of readings and hosted large group events where I found myself quite comfortable on the stage. A place I never in a million years thought I would end up. That alone is proof to me that I'm doing the right thing. Don't get me wrong, there are still days where I think to myself, really, this is what I'm doing with my life? (laughs) Talking to dead people for a living? How is this a thing? It's my thing. I never wanted to fit in. I still don't. 
But the people I've met along the way, in spirit and on earth, are my kind of crazy, and I love each and every one of you. I've grown so much as a person since I made the commitment to serve the spirit world. The path to mediumship is not an easy one. You have to face your fears and insecurities, get comfortable with the unknown, and swim in the seas of emotion. There are days when the job gets to me, the stories I hear and the pain I witness, but the love that flows to us from spirit is truly miraculous. And it's this love that keeps me going. After two years of strictly offering mediumship readings, I added psychic readings, which for some reason I had more resistance to than mediumship. I didn't want to be clumped in with all the charlatans of the past. I learned to read tarot too, and more recently added spiritual guidance sessions to my services. I'm available over the phone and Zoom and offer readings to people all over the world. You can also come see me in person at my office, and I can't wait to connect with you.